children are wild and are destroying my resources. Does this sound familiar? In this week's podcast episode, we'll be sharing some actionable steps to solve this problem and bring more calmness to your practice this January. My name is Kimberly, and I'm founder of Casey Consultancy, which is an international hub for supporting early years teaching, training, and inspiration. And with all the work I do, I'm all about empowering early educators to be the very best version of themselves by creating a perfect blend of professional knowledge and development alongside valuing your self care and well being. So I get so many questions all the time about how I can help with things like my children are crazy, it gets so loud in my classroom, or engagement levels are so low, or our data looks really terrible this year. What can we do about it? So I'm going to share with you now a little bit of a backstory about some of my practice um, and how I overcame some of the barriers to learning and managing behaviour. So here's the backstory. So a few years ago now, I took on an almighty challenge to transform the quality of teaching and learning in an inadequate large foundation stage unit. So I started working there in the November on secondment and I quickly realised that we had got so much to do and at times the children seemed wild running from one part of the provision to the next and don't even get me started on the whole group carpet times that were going on. 43 year olds would all come together at once and watching the team work with them during this time looked like they were trying to coordinate a group of ducklings all just wanting to do their own thing. So there's definitely no learning happening, but an awful lot of stress. So what did we do? We came together as a team and we talked about some of the difficulties that we were all facing. And we realized that there were some really common things. So what we did was the first thing is we decided that relationships mattered and we wanted to foster that greater feeling of togetherness. So we ditched whole group foundation stage times. We ditched whole class times and instead we had smaller group time. Now we were really lucky. We had a large group of staff that could support smaller group intervention and group work, family group time. But I know that you won't all have this luxury. So if you don't, you maybe need to just timetable it so that you and your teaching assistant, if you're working in a class, can um, take a small group at some point in the day and work with them to develop that friendship. So we had small group time. We forgot about the phonics and the maths for a while because these can just be taught discreetly. And instead, we had this quality family time where children would get together every single day in their key person group and talk about the things that mattered to them, things that excited them, maybe things that were worrying them. And this worked really, really well. It built relationships up. It built that level of trust between the child and the adult. And it just helped to model as well all of those good sitting and good listening and respect rules. 
Now, another thing that we thought about when we were trying to build relationships was we thought about the sense of arrival that the children had every single day on entry into the foundation stage unit. And we realized that we could improve upon this. We could spend time investing in relationships as soon as children walked in through the door by making sure we greeted them in a really friendly and special way, letting the children know that they belonged in their setting and we cared about them. So I used to make sure that I stood on the gate every single morning, um, greeting the children and their families on the way into uh, the foundation stage. This was also really good for safeguarding as well, always having the adults there, checking to see who's coming and going, making sure that every child is with an adult. This worked really, really well for that. We then had our next group of adults in the doorway to the nursery, um, and they would make sure that they greeted the children in a really lovely way, you know, saying things like, um, oh, Luke, I'm so pleased that you're feeling better and that you're in nursery today because we're going to do something really special that I know you'll just love or making um, conversation with the children's parents and showing that you really value their input. When the children see that you have got that bond with somebody that they really love and care about, again, it just helps to cement your relationships even further. So the adults that were there on the door were making sure that they were smiley, they were approaching the day with the enthusiasm, and they might even say things like, Lucy, yesterday I noticed that you loved playing with the magnets. So I had a look in the cupboard and I managed to find some more for you to explore today. That's going to make that child think, wow, this adult really cares about what interests me. And they are responding to this. So the first thing we did was build relationships. Relationships matter. The second thing that we did was we built up our environment very, very slowly. So when I inherited the foundation stage unit in November, it was really overwhelming on the sensors. There were lots of things hanging from the ceiling. There was lots of bright colours. There was hardly anything in the cupboards or in the storage part of the school. Everything that the school owned seemed to be out in the environment. So instead, we took a lot of this away. We really thought about the resources that we had out. And this was a bit overwhelming to start with. So we just went for one area to begin with. And we talked about what was there, what the children actually needed to be a successful learner in this area. And then we um, started reintroducing things back in. And we did this really slowly to start with so that the children um, were not overwhelmed and we could talk to the children about the area, model how the area needed to be used and bring back some of that control as well, helping to create that sense of calmness. Now, we used a lot of real resources. Now, you might be thinking, but if the children are breaking things and not respecting things, then I can't trust them with a real China tea set. Well, if you listen to episode six of my podcast on respecting resources, you'll know how I talked about authentic resources and how children learn to respect and look after things that are real. Because when everything is plastic or everything's really durable, children can literally just drop these things on the floor and walk away from them, knowing that they won't break. 
knowing that there's no consequence for the action that they've done. So we introduced slowly real resources, modeling them with the children. And during continuous provision, we would stop the children quite a lot to begin with and make sure that they were on task, make sure that they were respecting the environment. And eventually they just got it and we didn't need to stop them all the time um, because they just started to look after the things. But to begin with, there was a lot of stopping and starting, but it paid off in the long run. Now, another thing that we thought about here when we were building our environment was the way we organized our staffing for this continuous provision time. So I always had a base boss. This would be somebody that would just float around the provision. They would check the engagement of the children. They would um, support the behavioral needs. They would support children that maybe had an accident and needed some support with getting changed, which then let the other adult in the room focus on those quality interactions. Or if there was um, an activity or an adult focus group going on, that adult could just get on with it without having to be interrupted constantly. And then we had an adult outside. Now this system worked really, really well. So, so far we've had the building of relationships and fostering that feeling of togetherness. We've then secondly built up an environment very slowly, adding real resources, modeling how to use these, having photographs in the area of a reference for tidying up and stopping children often. The third thing that we did was we celebrated fantastic learning. Now, this was a real game changer. So at the end of the session, we would come together initially in our small family groups and we called it fantastic learning time. And in this very short get together, we would talk about the wonderful learning that we'd seen happening during the session. For example, Amber and Zane might have been showing some wonderful teamwork when creating a roller coaster for the dinosaurs using cardboard boxes. So these two children would come to the front. We even had a little stage block that they could stand on and we'd sing a song. You're a star, you're a star. What a clever clogs you are. You've done something wonderful today. Well done children, hip hip hooray. And during this time, we'd not only be making their learning and the skills they developed explicit, but we were celebrating the types of learning we as adults wanted to see. And after a little while, other children began to say things like, I'm trying really hard today to be a fantastic learner, or I'm persevering with my tricky cutting, showing that they were becoming aware of how their learning happened and what made them a good learner. So I think the power of role models was really good here. Okay, so here's a recap of the things that we tried. The relationships were built. We made sure that we uh, took the clutter away from our learning environment and then slowly reintroduced things back in, stopping the children regularly to make sure that they were on task and when they were treating the environment with respect. And then lastly, we celebrated the good moments with fantastic learning time.
Now, if you're finding that you have difficulty with managing big feelings and behavior, why not enroll on my short online course today, which is all about this and giving you the direct steps you need to tackle some of those really challenging uh, behavioral patterns that we see. So if this interests you, head to www.whogointhearlyyears.co.uk right now. Okay, well, thank you so much for listening to my short podcast today, looking at behavior and how we can work on three key things to really calm things down in our learning environment. And I think the power of relationships really is everything, fostering that feeling of hygge and that togetherness so that children feel connected with where they are. Now, thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed listening to our podcast, please leave me an honest review over on iTunes. It just helps our podcast to go out and be accessed by many more early educators all around the world. Okay, well, have a really lovely weekend and I will talk to you again soon. Take care. Bye.